We're trying to get them to be interested in something and develop a passion for it. My goal is to empower kids. I've been working on that my whole life. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so thrilled to have my next guest here, a friend and a super, super inspiring, wonderful human being, Esther Wojcinski. And I'll tell you a little bit about Esther in case you've been hiding under a rock and are not familiar <laughs> with who she is, because she is just a total Wonder Woman rock star, whatever, however you want to refer to uh, Esther as. But she is... Uh, Actually, she'll talk a little bit more about this, but up until recently, she was the incredible teacher at Palo Alto High School that I've met many of her former students, but she was also the founder of Palo Alto High School Media Arts Program, and we'll talk probably a little bit more about that. But today, she is the co-founder of Track Learning and is really changing education for the better. Not that she hasn't been working on that for years, but she now has a company that is focused on that. So really, really exciting. And uh, a little bit more about Esther, too, is, is that she is the godmother of Silicon Valley. So enough about these godfathers. <laughs> and she is the godmother of Silicon Valley. And she is also a uh, an author, a, a fellow author, I should say, as as I like to call it, of How to Raise Successful People. And I got this book a little while ago from Esther, a signed copy I'm lucky enough to have at TED. And uh, we've enjoyed a few moments there as well. And uh, very, very thrilled to have you here, Esther. Well, I am thrilled to be part of this show. I cannot tell you because it is, I, I've watched them and I think they're great. Your Cara Golden shows, honestly, <laughs> they're, they're fantastic on podcast. And I love the people that you have. And of course, I love your book, Undaunt, Undaunted. And uh, I even wear your t-shirt. I just want you to know. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Well, it's for undaunted people like you. So I, I love hearing that. So, so Esther, take me back. So what was little Esther like? Oh, little Esther. So first of all, I was the only child until five years until I was five. And then I had a brother and then I had another brother. So by the time I was nine, I had two brothers. And my parents didn't have a lot of support or help or anything, so they pretty much left me on my own. And I just remember some of the things I did, like I would walk to school by myself. I mean, pretty long distance, about a mile. 
for, you know, a five-year-old. Wow. So, um, yeah, but that was the way it was. I lived in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles area. And, you know, it was quite rural at the time. I would just walk on dirt streets. There weren't a lot of cars. So, you know, thinking back on that, you know, I felt pretty self-confident. And I think my just doing that made me feel like I could do anything. And I, I pretty much could. I could get around the neighborhood myself. You know, I have to thank my mother and father for, for doing that. Of course, they probably thought that they shouldn't have done that and they should have taken me there. But back in those days, that's what you did. I was not an outstanding student in elementary school. I was just a regular kid. Um, I had to actually learn English first. So, I mean, I spoke English sort of because my parents were Russian. So I spoke a combination language more than anything else. So first generation. First generation, born in the United States, right? Uh, My parents didn't know much of anything about anything. And yeah, it was kind of the wild frontier in Los Angeles. It's It was kind of exciting back then. Of course, now it's all built up, but it was really fun at that time. So you continued in school, you learned English and continued yes. in school in, in Los Angeles. And then did you always want to be a teacher or did you take a detour before actually teaching? Yeah, no, I didn't always want to be a teacher. I wanted to be a journalist. That was my goal. And I started working as a journalist for the local newspaper at 14 years of age. And at that time, I wasn't really writing much of anything. I was kind of the girl Friday. I did everything that they didn't, that they didn't want to do. And then they thought to themselves, well, you know, she can write and she'll save us a lot of time and a lot of work. So they trained me to do a lot of things. They trained me, first of all, to go to the board meetings, the city council meetings. Was then nobody ever, no one ever wanted to go. And so I was there doing that. And then I also went to sporting events because they didn't want to do that either for the high school. So I learned how to be a journalist, thanks to them. Thinking about what's for dinner, but you haven't had a minute to even think about it before now? Well, let's not make that mistake again. I have a tip for you. Factor. Stress-free, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, just perfect for spring and summer yumminess. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes or less. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, keto, vegan, veggie, or calorie smart. Factor has you covered. Discover more than 60 add-ons every week, too, like breakfast and on-the-go lunch choices. Snacks and beverages now, too. Stay fueled and feel good all day long with whatever they are creating over at Factor for you. And the best part, each meal is ready to eat in just two minutes or less. And who wouldn't want that? Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Get started today and fuel up for your spring and summer goals. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash golden50 and use code golden50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code golden50 at factormeals.com slash golden50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. 
That's code GOLDEN50 at Factormeals.com slash GOLDEN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. And that was my first goal, be a journalist. But then I ran into a few obstacles. Turns out that in the 1970s and 80s, oh, actually the 60s, women were not in journalism. It was an all-man's profession. Did you know that? I did know that, but I, I <laughs> love hearing the story. Yeah, so... Um, what I did is I ended up majoring in journalism uh, got, as a graduate student, got a graduate degree in journalism from University of California, Berkeley. And then I couldn't get into the press clubs in San Francisco because they didn't take women. I was just like, sorry, can't do it. Wow. And the only thing that I was really encouraged to write was for the women's section. They wanted more writers for the women's section. And you know what that was? It's kind of crazy. Articles about food housekeeping, taking care of kids, Dear Abby column belonged to the women's section. So the newspaper was always divided. There were four sections. It was the news section, opinion section, sports section, and women's section. And women were expected to read only the women's section. Can you believe that? And I did not want to write for the women's section. I wanted to write news. And that was kind of like not allowed at that time. Had to break in. So how did you get around that? 
How did you end up doing what you wanted to do? Um, well, it turned out that smaller newspapers couldn't be as fussy. You know, smaller newspapers were willing to take people, you know, to write for the for the news. So the Berkeley Daily Gazette, for example, was a smaller newspaper, so I could Correct. work for them. And uh, there were other local newspapers like that that I could work for. But after my daughters were born, I wanted to write for the local newspaper, which is the Palo Alto Times Tribune. But they didn't really have a job for me. They just, again, wanted more women's sections. So I said, well, I'm going to teach journalism. Okay, guys, I can't write for the paper because I'm a woman. Well, I can teach journalism. No problem with that. So that's how I ended up becoming a journalism teacher. Oh, that's why. So Palo, <laughs> were you always at Palo Alto? That was where you started? Uh, no, I started actually at a school in San Leandro that no longer exists called Pacific High School. And I did the yearbook there. And then I went for, that was just one year. Then after that, I went to a school called San Carlos High School, also no longer there. I don't know what's going on with some of these schools, but they, <laughs> they that school no longer exists. And then the third school I went to was Palo Alto High School, but it was only, I think I'd only been teaching for maybe four years by the time I went to Palo Alto High School. And I ended up being a teacher of English and journalism and I think it was social studies also at the same time. I did three things. And when did you, so you founded the Palo Alto High School Media Arts Program. How did that come about? Well, in 1984, when I started in Palo Alto High School Media Arts, or Palo Alto High School Journalism, the program was just really small. It was 20 kids. And it just published a very tiny little newspaper, six to eight pages at most. And I decided that the methodology they were using to teach just was not engaging. Kids weren't learning. Although I'd, I had to wait a couple of years before I made the drastic change because I had to wait till I got tenure. You know, when you're before tenure, you have to behave yourself. After tenure, you can come up with your own creative ideas. So what I did is I changed the way journalism was being taught to make it all project-based, no textbook, just using real newspapers kids interacting, peer-to-peer -peer learning. And, you know, kids talk to each other, of course. And so within a very short period of time, the program grew from the initial 20 to 40. And then it kept growing. And by the time, you know, I'd been there in 1988, the program was already at 100. And the administration was like, what's going on here? That's, we can't have one teacher and 100 kids. It's just a little overwhelming. And so that's when the program started to develop. I actually uh, started a magazine called Verde and uh, moved kids into that program, then started online web program, you know, websites. And uh, boy, that was really hard to start because you can't believe it. The administration, they didn't want us to write about students and you couldn't put their picture in there. And you couldn't put their full name. You could write stories, but everybody was paranoid about it. So uh, they actually had me take the whole thing down after I'd built it. So I had to take it down and then build it up again. And, you know, of course, today it's fine. But that was the initial thing. They were just kind of terrified. And so the, the online program came. And then 
actually today there's 10 magazines. And wow. so, wow. and there's about between seven and 800 kids taking the journalism program. It just kept growing. Every two years, I start another program. And that's why I'm called, you know, I'm the founder of the Media Arts Program, because there was no Media Arts Program until I started doing that. I love it. Well, I I bet I see this thread in, as you're describing this too, that you were learning as well, right? You were learning along the way. You didn't know how to build websites. You didn't understand, right? But you just took steps and just kept moving it forward. That is 100% true. I had no idea. I guess I've always been, if I think back to my childhood, I've always been a risk taker mm-hmm. in one way or another. I was willing to try things and even if they didn't work out, I didn't, it was okay. And so, yes, I didn't really know exactly what I was doing, but I was willing, I've collaborated with my students and we built things together. And it was a wild frontier, I can tell you. When I first got those those first computers, I was one of the first teachers in the country to use computers in the classroom. Wow. And when I first got those computers, that was in 1987. And I remember I I was audacious enough to apply for a grant to the state of California on how to use computers in the classroom. Only I didn't know how. <laughs> and, and I got I won the grant and all these computers, there were six or eight of them that showed up. And then I had to tell my students, I don't know what I'm doing. Do you guys want to help? Because otherwise we wouldn't be able to do it. And boy, did they love it. It was so exciting. We didn't know. They learned how to do it at the same time I did. And they learned how to use the Macs. We We got a program that was called Aldis Corporation. And turns out Aldous Corporation became, it's like PageMaker. It, it became, forgotten the name of the company. It's a big company that it hmm. became. But it was because of a father who was a part of the board of Aldous Corporation that we were actually able to use the computer for producing a newspaper. It's Adobe. That's right. Adobe. It That's what it is. Adobe. That's right. But you know what? In between Adobe and Aldis, they were something else. <laughs> and I was I trying to this. think of something else. So I've been connected with Adobe since before it was Adobe. Well, I love your style <laughs> that you're describing of teaching, though, and, you know, being what is termed today as being vulnerable. Because I think that when you actually share that you don't know exactly what you're doing, but you're moving forward you get a lot of credibility, right? You're, right. you're, you're going on that journey with your kids and your students. And as I, as I mentioned, I've spoken in your classroom a couple of times over the years, and I've seen this, this dialogue that you have with your students is incredibly powerful. And I know that one somewhat famous person that was a student of yours, James Franco, I mean, you still have a relationship with James. I mean, I'm sure there's many, many others and it's just, and I really think it's just because you're just your awesome self and, and you show up being yourself uh, and having that dialogue, which is tr- like really unusual, I think for many with their teachers. 
I think that's true. And that's one of the things I've been trying to change is, you know, I want teachers to realize that they don't have to know everything. Mm-hmm. Really. It is just crazy for them to think that they need to be the pinnacle of all the information in the world. And they can share, they can say, I don't understand this. Because I just remember when Snapchat came out, for example, I was like, oh my God, what is this? And I just announced to the class, I have no clue what Snapchat is and why I should ever want to use it and whatever. And I was like, who wants to teach me? And everybody wanted to teach me. You know, they all raised their hand. I love it. And that's amazing. I mean, I think there's a lot of leadership lessons in there too, Esther, where it's something that I often talk about in my own organization is in one of the chapters in the book, I talk about this too, that a manager inside of our organization, when he was trying to hire somebody, I I said, uh, what do they know that you don't know? And he said, "Uh, nothing. They're just going to be doing work. And I said, well, you know, that's not going to be very exciting for you, is it? And he said, I, I don't know where you're going with this. Why would I hire somebody who knows more than I do? And I said, see, that's the problem. That is a total problem. Right? If you stop, because that's the thing, that's why you smile, right? Because you're learning right. from these people. Right. You're not, it's not you against them and, and you're here to teach everything. You've got to have a dialogue. Right. No, that's huge. And so that's, that's exactly what I've always done. And that's what I'm trying to encourage teachers to do because right now kids have access to the whole web. They've got access to, you know, Google and YouTube and they can find information out on their own. The main skill that I have always used was teaching them how to search intelligently. Mm -hmm. And one of my good friends wrote a book called the joy of search. And I just think it's a great book for all kids. Yeah. And I've used their lesson, the lessons in that book. His name is Dan Russell. And he has a lot of great lessons. And it's great for teachers to use that so that actually they can expect their students to come up with ideas about whatever it is they're teaching that makes the lesson much more engaging and exciting. And that's what I've always done. And I was like, those kids, they know a lot. And they're incredible. I love that. So you started a company. Uh, you've retired now from Palo Alto High School, but you've started a company. I'm sure bringing in a lot of the things that you've been thinking about over the years and and uh, the lessons you've learned. It's called Track Learning. Can you talk to us a little bit about it? Yes. Yeah, so Track Learning is to, for people to access it. They just go track.app, track.app, T-R-A-C-T dot app. And it is by kids. It's the first and actually only online platform where we have teenagers teaching preteens. So it's collaborative. I'm trying to bring to the web the model that I used in my classroom because there's no one more influential in a kid's life than another kid that's just a little bit older. And so this is teenagers creating learning paths for kids 8 to 14. So the users are 8 to 14, but we're also, we're looking for creators. Teenagers who want to be creators of learning for younger kids. And we've started a creator academy where we actually 
teach kids how to create videos that they can put on track, but they can also share them on other websites as well, YouTube if they want. The idea is creating learning about what they're passionate about. And it can be climate, it can be anything, poverty, or it can be gaming, it can be dancing, whatever they are interested in, they can share it on Tracked. And then we have an educational component. So we make sure that it's educational and that it teaches what I call the four C's. It's communication, creativity, critical thinking, and collaboration. Those are the four C's. And I actually added a fifth C on my own just recently. It's called compassion. Compassion. In this world today, we all need compassion because it's been a rather troubling world for the last year or even longer. I totally agree. I think a lot about uh, Gen Z and many of these, you know, kids that you've been teaching coming out into the world, starting in the workforce, they're participating, right? Classrooms have changed significantly uh, over the last 10 years in particular, where no longer when I went to school, it was lectures, right? You were having a professor up there and you were just lectured to. Today, you have to participate. And, you know, whether it's a private school, a public school, I mean, you do. And in most of these classes. And so these kids are kids are coming into the workforce and they want to participate. They want to have an interactive dialogue. They don't want to be told what to do. They want to actually uh, bring their own learnings. And so what are your thoughts on kind of education today and how will that change in the future as well? Well, I think education has been totally disrupted. And so my theory is, or my philosophy is, never let a good crisis go to waste. And what can we do now that we have this crisis to improve the model that we had before? And the best thing I think we can do is incorporate technology effectively. Because technology, that's how we've survived this pandemic. We're all using Zoom. But Zoom is too much. You know, seven hours a day of Zoom or five hours a day of Zoom, depending on your child, that's too much. But that doesn't mean that we should not use it at all. And in the past, we didn't use it at all. So can we have what I called, I wrote this book in 2015 called Moonshots in Education, Launching Blended Learning. in awesome, by the way. Awesome. (laughs) Excellent. And the blend is a blend of technology and in-class lectures. And so I'm hoping in the fall, when we all go back to school, that there can be some of the training that we're doing, some of the education can be online. And so it gives kids an opportunity to be independent learners and to share with their peers, as opposed to putting the total responsibility on the teacher. That's my goal. And that's what TRACT fits into is what I call 20% time. So for 20% of the time, schools should allot an opportunity for kids to learn what they are interested in. And TRACT gives kids an opportunity to learn what they are interested in. And we've launched it this spring already. We're giving all teachers free access to TRACT, all teachers. So individual teachers can apply. They just go to teach dot track dot app and then they get free access and as i said my goal really is to help teachers 
I absolutely love that. And, uh, and so just as an example, what is one of the things that you've seen on there that you think would be great for teachers to grab? Well, so let me just tell you what it is, is I, I've always talked about 20% time. With, I have a nonprofit called globalmoonshots.org. And in that was like in 20% of the time, give kids an opportunity to do what they think is important. And I always got these questions from teachers is like, well, can you send me the lesson plans for 20% time? I was like, hey, they get to do what they want. There are no lesson plans. And so I, I built, tracked in a way that fits into that 20% time. So teachers can actually see what the kids are doing. They can see it, but the kids get to interact independently with other kids and they get to learn things like, for example, we have a little bit, they're crazy because of course they've been created by teenagers. One of the examples is how to grow a one ton pumpkin. Okay. This kid actually grew a one ton pumpkin in half moon bay. And while kids might be really interested in that particular topic, what they're learning is science. It's all science of how to grow a pumpkin. But it doesn't have to apply just to pumpkins, it applies to all plants. So it's botany disguised in the, as how to grow a one-ton pumpkin. And there's a lot of learning paths. We have hundreds of learning paths. They span the whole curriculum. And they're actually tied to the Common Core state standards. But we don't promote that to the students. What we're trying to promote to the students is an opportunity for you to look at anything you want, space exploration, anything that you're interested in, we've got a learning path for. And if you're a teenager, 15 and older, and you want to create a learning path, we'll be happy to accept you in our Learning Path Creator Institute, that we are teaching kids how to be creators. So that's that's the goal, to work with kids 8 to 14 and teenagers 15 to 20 and give both groups an opportunity to participate in education. That's it. I love this so much. And what are the age groups that most of these programs, I mean, I would think, for example, that topic in particular, I think that it, it's pretty broad. I mean, I, if I would say high school students would be even interested in that, but then also, you know, younger uh, kids would be as well. Well, our target age is eight to 14. Mm-hmm. So grades four, five, six, seven, eight, but older kids might be interested also. Usually historically in schools, it's been really hard to educate kids in the middle school because middle school kids are busy growing and there've been always, you know, issues maintaining their attention and capturing their attention. And so this target is targeting that age group because we're trying to get them to be interested in something and develop a passion for it. And then by the time they're in high school pursuing that passion. I mean, my goal is to empower kids. I've been working on that my whole life. And this is a way to empower kids that are younger and empower teenagers who want to teach other kids. And the kids that are creators, that are accepted as creators, they actually earn a revenue just like they do on YouTube. It's the same setup, only 
In some sense, it might be better because they earn a base pay as well. My goal is let's improve education. Now is the time to do it because the whole system's been disrupted. So you wrote a book a few years ago. I touched on this. You've written a few books, but uh, right? This is two or yes. three? This is number two. Actually, I wrote one before that too, but this, these two are the major ones. So how to raise successful people, simple lessons for radical results. I feel like Gosh, I just want to hang out with you every day, Esther, because you've got so many, you know, life lessons. And and uh, by the way, for those of you who don't know, uh, Esther has a few daughters, uh, one who is running a company called 23andMe, Anne, and and uh, then we have YouTube as well. And and uh, so clearly knows how to raise successful people. What do you what is the secret there? Well, it's this acronym that's in the book. It's trick. And I developed this together with my students. They helped me figure out what I was doing that made them want to take my class. And so it trick stands for trust, respect, independence, collaboration, and kindness. I trust them and respect their ideas, give them a lot of independence, collaborate instead of dictating, and always treat them with kindness. And it works in parenting and it works in the classroom, and it works in the corporate world. And it really, I mean, you continue to do that too. And and I, I saw you were on vacation together. I mean, you're still, you guys still hang out. I love seeing that. It makes me very, very happy. And certainly, you know, they they have so much to learn from you. You learn from them. Obviously, your, your daughter at uh, from YouTube. I mean, you've learned probably quite a bit, certainly more than I know about YouTube. And maybe that helped you to think about, you know, how do I do something that is actually going to tie in what I love doing, education, and create a company out of that? That's right. Also, one other little tidbit that I should mention that is really interesting. The CEO of Tract.app, Tract Learning, is my former student. Oh, that's terrific. I did not know I that. I met him when he was 14 years old. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> today, he's 32. So I've known him for half his life. That's great. And I think, yeah. I think that you are, you are setting the stage, obviously, for people to you know, go and do great big things, but also continue learning right? That that must, that's a really powerful thing to think that somebody's choosing a career that is not closed-ended, that is open-ended, is all about learning. I mean, that's a really powerful thing. Well, I think that ed tech today is the number one um, exploding investment area at the moment. You know, more people are investing because they see the promise of technology in education. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to just encourage more people to be involved. And like I said, more teachers to be involved, more parents to be involved. We have um, free access to for parents too, which I didn't mention. And they just type in the code word, which is the first three letters of my name, W-O-J, WOJ, which is the nickname my students have all called me for years. So it's just, you type in WADS and you get free access to the app as well. And so, yeah, there's another opportunity for everybody to be involved. I absolutely love it. 
I can tell you I've tried it out on a lot of kids and it works. That's why I'm so passionate about it. You know, I'm telling you, there's nothing that is as effective as treating kids with trust, respect, and kindness. You know, I love it. That's I, I totally agree. Super <laughs> sure coming from a parent myself. Don't you have yeah, four, four kids? Yeah, four. So and they're all really successful. So you must have done something right. Well, they're working on it. They still challenge me. I learn from them every single day. <laughs> so it's uh yeah, when I I I, I didn't learn well. I know how to do Snapchat, but mine was uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. I wanted to know about this TikTok thing, and so I I went on TikTok, and uh, I've got a little following on TikTok now, and it's pretty. I'm not dancing, don't worry. Um, I'm actually, uh, you know, what's fascinating for me about TikTok is that I've taken a lot of my talks that I've done about entrepreneurism, and I started recording those talks, and then on I TikTok. On well, on my own, and then uh-huh. I shortened them into little clips, and I brought them over to TikTok. You'll have to check it out. And there's oh. all and and we shortened them down to little lessons along the way. And so I'm hearing from so many people who had they knew about Hint. Some most of them did. Some of them didn't. But then also to see that the founder of a company that they love and a product that they love is a real person that I <laughs> am being vulnerable about the fact that I didn't know what I was doing. I just walked into Whole Foods and tried to get a product on the shelf, <laughs> right? So then they're sharing it and it's become this organic thing, right? Where people are, so I've got this audience on TikTok that is typically younger than the rest of the platforms that I'm on that all they want to they want to know about entrepreneurism. They want to understand how do you parent and also go run a company. All of these things that again some of your kids in your class asked me about but I couldn't bring it. And again, it has to be short clips and you know, and it's, but you can see on TikTok what I've done. And I mean, I, I could imagine you would do the same. I mean, a lot of the things that you talk about that, you know, I, I That's really a think great that, idea. That is right? a great idea right here on your show. This is a fantastic idea. I will try it. But yeah. I'm also going to go on your TikTok channel and you I'm have going to check to- it out. And what yes. really annoys my my children and and uh, will probably annoy yours and and your grandkids too is that I get on the FYP front you know the front page a lot <laughs> and you know and so the first time that happened my kids were like what what like how did she how is how she getting she do that this oh promotion and so then my kids finally figured out that I was. Uh, a cool boomer. And I said, by the way, I'm not a boomer, but okay. I know you're, you're making fun cool. of Right. And then they, so now their friends are saying, oh, your mom is on the front page. And I mean, they're just <laughs> laughing. And I mean, I said, you can laugh all you want, but you're not, you're not on the front page. I'm on the front page. <laughs> so oh I know. God, so, that's so great. I no, love you it. have to check it out, Esther. You're a lot of your content is uh so again, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm learning as I go. I'm meeting new people along the way as well. And I'm just having fun, right? And that's I feel sweet. like 
maybe I'm inspiring some people along the way to know that you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be perfect. You need to just get out there and go try. And, uh, and I think the vulnerability, which is what I touched on with you is something that I'm hearing over and over again is not, we don't teach that in school, that it, instead it's like, go for so many years. And I just tell you what it's like in school. It's just the opposite of vulnerability. School is all based around fear, fear that you're going to get a bad grade, afraid to talk to the teacher, afraid that your friends will make fun of you, afraid that you aren't doing things right, afraid. It's all fear. And so that works totally against creativity and being able to come up with new ideas. Kids are afraid to do anything. They're afraid that they won't get into the college of their choice if they do things, you know, that are creative. And I think we need to stop that. That's again, part of my motivation for track. Yeah. I I just love your hint water. I should just, I'm sorry to (laughs) put a little plug in here, but I'm not kidding. I love everything about it. And we drink it all the time. (laughs) That's that's so nice. Well, anyway, I think we're going to have a new, we're going to see a new person on TikTok. I think very soon. Uh, Esther is going to, I, I think she's going to get up there because you do, you have so much wisdom and, you know, it's, I think it really just proves that it's not building a business on TikTok or YouTube. I'm sure as your other daughter would talk about, it's not, it's not just one size fits all. There's all different, you know, content on there for different audiences. And um, anyway, more than anything, I'm, I'm just having a lot of fun. So well, this has been amazing, Esther. So thrilled that you were able to come on and, and join me. Where can people find out more about you and, and your company and connect? Well, I think the best way just to go to um, WOJ at dot track dot app is okay. probably the best way to find if they if just if they're just parents or just interested people, they could just go on that. Or the other way would be if they're teachers and just want to get an introduction, they'd go to teach.track.app and then they can find out more about it. And, you know, if they are just want to cruise through and take a look, no problem. Also, they can always just send me a question. If they have any questions at all, it's esther at track.app. And I I will answer all the questions. So um, I'm really, like I said, help is my number one goal. Help all the parents and teachers be more effective and help the kids be happier. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Esther. And definitely, if you haven't uh, read How to Raise Successful People, get out and buy that book as well. And I appreciate all of you for listening. Please Uh, subscribe to the podcast and give Esther five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite platform. And uh, if you have not picked up a copy of my book too, Undaunted Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, I hope that you will uh, do that as well or listen on Audible too. And thanks everyone. We're here every Monday and Wednesday with really inspiring guests and hope you guys have a great week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. 
successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.